What an amazing day. You know, God is doing so much in this church, and He's doing more. Yeah. He's going to do more and exceedingly abundantly, and that's what I'm excited for. Today, I actually want to touch on that, without even really knowing what today was going to bring in this past week, uh, I felt God really highlighting the idea of thinking about Him, that He will supply more, yeah. more than enough. And that's actually the title of my message is, There is More. You know, Bree and I actually were just experiencing recently the, the notion of that we might have to leave our home because we're under threat of a local fire nearby. And I get that tension of, like, I can't imagine being a family, you lose everything. You don't know Jesus for one thing, so where's your hope? You, don't ha- you lost everything. You have no insurance in the physical, and literally, in a sense, you have no fire insurance for eternity. But I'm thank you, thankful that God actually has protected us and is actually going to do more in us as a family, as a network church, and in, in individuals. And today, I want to just go a little bit with the time that we have to talk about the God of the more. He, is, he will do more than you can imagine. You know, and, and oddly enough, even this past year, I heard out of a few people's mouths that they've said, well, I've got all the breakthrough. I don't need any more breakthrough. I've actually heard that from someone that I know. I, I've heard people say, oh, even in the past, uh, I've experienced God. I've encountered him. I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. I find that kind of almost offensive because the God of more lives inside of you. If we're not, if we're, if the God of more, the God of the creator of the universe lives inside of you residence, taking up residence, and we want to actually stop that? <laughs> Come on. What a, what a load of rubbish. <laughs> that, I'm sorry, but that's just a joke. If you think that your life is so hard that God can't provide you the breakthrough or the healing or the restoration or the finances or whatever it might be, then maybe you're worshiping the wrong God. You know, and I actually found that there is a real big significance of encountering the God of more when you encounter him with, I'll say, two or three. But, and I see it here in this church, too, in worship, especially, um, that as we come together, we get to experience the presence of God and then the fullness of him in the, his presence. And I have a testimony about that relating back into my ministry school experience. Now, I know I've, I've, I've pulled on that a lot, but I experienced a lot of breakthrough, a lot of encounters in ministry school, so I have a lot to talk about. And in that experience in second year, our group, every Thursday we met with our, our individual group of students in the building, in the sanctuary that held maybe about three, 400 people. It was an offshot of Bethel. And my revival group leader, her name is Haley Braun, she's a fiery, young, South African woman who prioritized worship and encountering God's presence ingraining our identity in that time. And as we did that, as we came together as a group of 70 people, I watched as 70 people with the same heart, the same heart posture for worship, to encounter the God of more, to encounter Him in truth, and everything that we were doing. We all came together under, under the same notion, the same purpose, and God showed up. God showed up so powerfully in worship that as we continue this each week, it didn't do it just one week out of the nine months. We pressed into that every week, whether we felt like it or not. And I've seen the same thing happen in church here when we come together as a, as a congregation, and God shows up when we all are just pressing in. 
despite the circumstances going on in our life that might try to say there's lack or there's not enough. And as we pressed in, I found out that about three months into this, things were building up. We were like building in the, in the spirit, and all of a sudden something happened. And literally, in the building itself, other revival groups started coming in, one after the other, and entered in and surrounded us. And I, could, I can tell you now that that transformed me that day, seeing that how many people, that, that as you turn up the dial of heat <laughs> and allow God to come in, that these people, other students came in. We, we filled that whole auditorium, about 400 students. And that's just part of the, of the students that were there that day. That wasn't everybody. And we were all worshiping. And God showed up. He showed up so strong, and it changed my life from there. And I, I got to see that that's just a bit of what God is going to do for the more that he has for our lives. Eric Johnson, Bill Johnson's son, I heard a sermon of him. And we've all heard of the verse, so we could put up Matthew 7, 7 through 8. He was talking on this. And this is one that I know a lot of us have heard. But when we pray and we ask for something, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And him, to him who knocks, it will be opened. How are, you, how are you knocking? What are you seeking? He says, when we actually go in to seek him and knock on the door, we should be asking for more of him. So what are some ways that we can apply this to our life? Okay. I know it's just a, a, a statement to say that God is... A, going to do more than enough for our lives, but are you really believing that? Like, let me ask you, do you really love Jesus? Yeah. Do you really love Jesus? Then why would you, in any kind of circumstance, allow the circumstances to speak louder than what God is actually saying over your life and has paid for with his life? So number one, you get more when you worship. I just referred to that. You get more when you worship. This isn't a formula or a demand. It's just a simple question. You get more when you worship. What are you willing to sacrifice to put onto the altar to allow him to come in and consume? Sacrifice. Fire falls on sacrifice. I've said it before. Fire falls on sacrifice. And if you're not burning, then what are you sacrificing? I love in 2 Samuel in chapter 6, where David is coming back with the Ark of the Covenant. David was coming back as they actually repossessed re the, the Ark as it was kind of wandering through its, its history. And I, want to, I don't really don't want to dwell on that, but the idea is that David came back and he was joyful. He was overcome with, with such uh, praise and, and joy because he was in the anointing. He was next to the presence of God. The ark was the resting place, the God's seat of the presence of God. And as he came into the, and back and brought that back into the city, he was look, looking like kind of a, a crazy person. <laughs> he was so overcome. He didn't care because he was in the presence of God and God's presence was providing them all that he could never imagine. And I think that's a great, great example for us to be Obviously, I know we probably have heard of it. A lot of us that know God's word understand that 
that story existed, but I think we kind of overlooked that and think, well, that was David. That was for him. That's actually for us. I want to encourage you. What would you be willing to do if you had the presence of God before you? Are you just going to stand there like, oh, okay, I can't wait to go home. I need to get dinner, and I got to think about work tomorrow. Um, I, I want to get that nap in today, too. Oh, come on. Come on. What is your heart posture? What are you willing to sacrifice? You get more when you worship. Because you know what happened as he came into the city with that Ark of the Covenant? The Ark, excuse me. His wife, Michal, Michal, I don't know how you say that right. It's like Michael, but it's a feminine version. Um, and she, as she, she saw him, she had a critical spirit about her. She said, oh, God, David, you're looking ridiculous. What are you doing? You're such an embarrassment to me in this city. What are you doing? You're a king. You're, you're just a lunatic. And so God says, oh, okay, really, Mikhail? Well, um, well, from this moment on, you will not produce life. You will be barren forevermore. So there's a little bit of challenge. When it comes to you want to be critical about what God is doing or in terms of willing to actually worship, don't want to become barren, do you? <laughs> do you want to produce life? then fruitfulness will happen when you worship. You'll see more of God when you worship. Position yourself to step out of the aisle for once and actually worship the King of Kings that resides here at Networks Church and throughout all of this, this world. He's worth it. He's so worth it. He's worth your, 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 your dignity. He's worth you being looking silly in front of people, even simply raising your hands. If you can't simply raise your hands before the King of Kings... then you're missing out. Missing out. Number two, what you value is what you'll make time for. I know these all kind of make sense. I know these are pretty simple. But I think a lot of us need to hear this time and time again until we get it. What you value is what you make time for. I'll ask again, do you really love Jesus? Do you really love Jesus? You know, I know we can find our lives really busy, and I know lately, for whatever reason, life's gotten a bit busier, and it can easily distract you from what God is doing. And even this morning, we had a bit of a delay in getting here. Our lovely daughter, she had her vaccinations, and that kind of makes things, I won't go into detail, but just things happen. Okay, that's welcome to parent life. For those of you that aren't married yet or have kids, (laughs) things happen, okay? But I, could, I started to actually allow my focus to get frustrated and that, oh, we're running late, we've got to get going. And thankfully, I have a wife that says, actually, you need to reshift your focus. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Come on. What, are you willing, what do you value? Because that's what you'll make time for. One of my life verses, especially recently, it's Matthew six thirty three. And what you value, what you actually make time for is what you seek first. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first. My heart posture every day is to actually seek him. First thing I do when I get up in the morning, I say, God, thank you for the sleep that I, I received. Thank you for this day, for your mercy. Because today, I, if, if by chance, if I have an opportunity, I, had, I get to actually pour out my testimony onto someone else that needs to know you. Whatever that may look like, whether they know it or not, whether, you know, I... I usually generally get up in the mornings, I grab a cup of coffee, I'm half awake, and I run here to do some cleaning. And on the way here, the first thing I'm doing is thanking God. I'm trying to make him, seeking him first. 
I pray for people. I pray for my family. I pray for our youth. I pray for this church. You know, I just do what I can to seek God first in my life. And that's what we do really well in the Networks Church is we seek God first in prayer. Because prayer creates spiritual growth, unity with God and understanding. Number three, you have more than enough when you learn to sacrifice. I said it earlier. You have more than enough when you learn to sacrifice. Actually, you, you'll receive more in your life, not just finances, but you'll receive more in your life when you learn to sacrifice something. What are you willing to sacrifice? One of the things that probably need to sacrifice is the thought lights and the belief systems that we have up here that are contradictory to what God's kingdom has paid for. Your identity. Are you a son or a daughter or are you a pauper? Are you, are you, are you royalty or are you a pauper? When you learn to sacrifice, you'll have a lot more in your life. And honestly, most of the church, as I've learned, even myself, this is me too, I found myself in such a great benefit in a country that I'm freely allowed to worship Jesus, U.S. and Australia. I found myself filled, full, feasting all the time. Yeah, there's a world out there that doesn't know, that's under, under the curse still, that's in darkness. And yet... Sometimes I'm unwilling to sacrifice that because I don't want to lose that. I'm unwilling to actually pour myself out in serving or just stepping up to the, a person that is in need. Maybe it's just a hug or maybe it's just a smile. And the church is, I think, at some points a bit, well, lack of better terms, a bit uh, full in the sense of uh, they need to have a good movement. I, I won't go into the other further detail, but if, if you understand what I'm saying, I think the church is a bit constipated, okay? <laughs> that we are so full that we need to pour ourselves out into a people who actually need to know what we carry, who need to actually eat from the, the testimonies that we carry, but we're too, we're too full. We want it all. When you learn to sacrifice and pour that out, you actually will be replaced with an abundance of who God is. I know that's a bit raw, but you guys are family, and it's not a bad word. It's just, I think, okay, you all are kind of like in shock, like, what is going on? All right, Romans 8, 32. Paul is writing to Romans, and he says, He, God, who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. God didn't spare, not his own, not just his own son, but he, deli- he actually chose to deliver him up. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God, the God of more in our life and for this church and what we're actually pressing into, God was, was willing to give everything that he held dear so that we could actually receive the same thing. We could receive an, an abundance Number four, you'll get more when you pray. I said it before. You get more when you pray. What are you thinking? What are you doing? Where, where what, how, when, why? How are you praying? 
to actually allow God to come into your life, into your circumstances, and actually encounter you in truth. What is so important in your life that you can't make time to simply just, in your busyness, spend some time in communion with him? It doesn't have to look like you come to an actual meeting. I think that's great. But it requires you as a son to actually talk to your father. And prayer is just a communication. It's a, it's a communication line. Whether you're getting ready to go to school or going to your business or you're going into your job, whatever it might be, or you just maybe it's your day off, you know? Seek first this kingdom. You know, and Bill Johnson says this, the biggest enemy to prayer is praying for something you already have. The biggest enemy to prayer is praying for something you already have. Now, I know that sounds a bit contradictory to the fact that we, we want to encounter the, the God of more, because we do want more. He, we do, God will give you exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that you could ask or think. Sometimes I think we have too much of an emphasis on praying for things we already have. When God is actually asking us, ask me and I'll tell you. And I have found myself it's actually more beneficial when I pray with God than to him all the time. It's more beneficial to pray to, with him than to him. As I wrap this up here. And actually, Richard, if you wouldn't mind coming up for a minute here. I wanted to do this earlier, but we got that a, a bit uh, distracted. Number five. And this is a really big one. And it all ties into the same points. When you learn to sacrifice, worship, what you value, you get more when you give. You really do. You get more when you give. How big is your yes? What do you value? What are you willing to sacrifice? Believe me, at the point that God came back into my life, about seven years ago now, oddly enough, seven-year anniversary, I was at a point in my life where I was trying to do what I thought was best, that, that I could have control, that I could do everything in my own strength outside of Jesus. And I was in the prodigal son testimony building time, and I've talked about that before. But I decided when I came back to, into the relationship with Jesus Christ that he, I would seek him first. And I did that, and I trusted him, and I, and I gave everything I had to quit everything I was doing to pursue him. Today, I want to encourage you. Do you want to encounter the God of more? What are you willing to give up? Bill Johnson also says this, our yes is our invitation for more of him. It's literally, it's time to put our money where our mouth is. It's time to put what we value where our mouth is and actually do something. I'm not saying we're not doing that, but I want to encourage you. Let's Let's expect that we can actually do more when we actually position ourselves in worship and we position ourselves in, in being able to sacrifice something we find valuable. How big is your yes? And our giving doesn't have to necessarily be financial. Yes, we need finances for the expansion. I really encourage you, ask God. That's a real, you know, Bree and I asked God and he gave us a number. Be obedient. Be willing to to see what can you do. If you can't give $5 a week, great. 
But what about your time? What about your, a servant's heart? The biggest thing, the biggest fruit I've found is, is giving up my ability to be right and to have a title. I'd rather serve. It's not about me. It's not about me in this life and what Jesus is doing in my life. What about your time and your energy? Maybe your skills or your wisdom that you carry. Your creativity. <laughs> creativity is great. You know, and as we go and to give up something, is, is you're actually willing to sow into something. This is good soil. <laughs> this church and your lives, it's really, really good soil. I want to tell you today, if you feel like you don't have fruit going on in your life, or you're not experiencing the bountiful, plenty, infinite, surmountable goodness that God has for your life, or if you're not experiencing that, then stop believing that you're, you're rocks. If you gave your life, your life to Jesus Christ, you're good soil. And this church is good soil. Let's sow into what God is doing here at Networks Church financially and with our energy and our creativity and our skills and our whatever it might be, whatever God is highlighting to do. Because wheat can be on, on, on the stem, the wheat, the husk, the kernel, can be on the stem, but it will never produce more fruit unless it falls off into good soil and dies. And then is able to grow roots and grow and actually reproduce a thousand times more out of that one little kernel. So today, as we, if we would mind standing up here, we'll end, end this time. Have a big yes in sowing. Have a big yes in nurturing into the end of a fruitful harvest. Because God is a God of more. He will encounter you. You'll get more when you worship. You'll get... You will, what you value is what you'll make time for. You'll have more than enough when you learn to sacrifice. You get more when you pray and you get more when you give. If there's a need in your life today, if you'd like to actually encounter just a greater magnitude of what God can do in your life, if you'd like to see the mundane that you had, maybe you're experiencing, if you actually want to encounter such a magnificent amount of God's abundance for your life, then I want to encourage you, just simply receive, <laughs> receive. And as we as we go into just a bit of prayer here, I would like to, just the leadership, if we could, if, for, if you really have a, a need in your life, you want to encounter that more, well, just close your eyes and you can raise your hand. We'll have our leadership. We'll come around you and speak God's life into your situation. Because I thank you, Jesus, that you are the God of abundance. You will do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. Because in this season, in this church, Father, I thank you that you are restoring the joy of salvation. You're restoring the joy of your love and your, and your promises. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now that you are doing more in our lives than we could ever imagine. Father God, we want to be able to steward what you're doing. We want to not just be able to do just the little things well, but we want to do more than we can ever thought we could do on our own energy, God, because we can't do it without you, Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for the more that you have for us as a church and as individuals. As we go out this week, I just release just a fruitfulness and abundance of your presence over every person's life today. We thank you, Jesus, that you are king above all. You are in the name above all things. In every circumstance we face this week, whatever test may come, we know we will stand strong because we are a part of the body of Christ and that you will not let us fall, God. 
Thank you, Jesus.